tell you about a man that I have met. Hey. They call him Captain or Wizard, don't forget. CJ Morgan's his name and he wanted to start a show. So we did. Now you're listening to him on that dang old radio. Gentlemen, I'm trying to f- always find ways to hustle and make money, not just for myself, but for the radio station, since we are in the business of advertising and surviving. And I thought of something great. Okay. And I'm worried that I might be bugging one of our friends who work in marketing. Uh, you know how there's a, there's the T, Yerba Mate, which does some business with our radio stations. Well, Yerba Mate is the T. That's not the brand name, though. Uh, the T. The T itself yes. is here. It's delicious. It's a tea. It gives Spencer and I energy. We drink way too much of it, and then we can't sleep at night. I get yeah. buzzed. I get so buzzed. Yeah, yeah we do. Metallica drink a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, it's a good tea, and I feel like uh, I should put my name behind it and advertise it more. I feel like they should put their name behind me. I sent a proposal over this morning to the marketing person uh, that drops off free tea for us, and I said, hey, if you can get your Mate to spend money and become the official sponsor of the show. What about this? What do you guys think about this? I'll change my name to TJ. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like yeah, T- it's actually T- not bad. Yeah, yeah TJ. T-E-A-J? Yeah, T-E-A, TJ. Okay, so it's fun. A little and we'll pun. become the TJ Morgan Show. Can I ask a question just yeah. out of curiosity? Why wouldn't I get the account and turn my, change my name to Yerba Matt? You hey, yeah. I'm fine you with should, that. You should both do it. It could be a big thing. And uh, well, the, see, the only problem is, is uh, I, you know, if they say no, I might go to Nest Tea or any other tea <laughs> company, and because uh, TJ can work, right? <laughs> not, not to mention, I'll have to make sure it's enough money to where I can afford to file the paperwork okay, with the well, court to change my name and expedite that. Oh, you wouldn't change it just for the show. You would legally change it forever. I, yeah, and then Whoa. I feel like you would have to, right? Uh, otherwise. What am I doing? Am I just lying to the consumers out there? Okay. That's what kind of commitment I have. The TJ Morgan Show. Change your middle name to Subway. Yeah. <laughs> just like, ah, yeah, we got all these deals. Listen, I don't... TJ Subway Captain Morgan. I don't know if, uh, you know, Subway is someone I want to work with. Oh, just damn, yet. dude. I'm just saying... Damn. You know, there's been some controversy over the years with them. TJ Jersey Mike Captain Morgan. Sorry. Mm. The J in TJ is Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Forgive me. I'm just oh, spitballing so here. T Jersey. Yeah. So if this. T Jersey Captain Morgan. If this doesn't work out, uh, I got another advertising solution I can go with. We can cut out the radio station completely <gasps> and just advertise with me. I don't know if you recall this, but I did a bit a few years ago on the radio, which was kind of a jab at all our salespeople and everything for not getting me money, where I told businesses if they gave me 100 bucks. For a weekend, I would wear their logo on my shirt. Right. And I did that. I made oh. 500 bucks. Wow. It was great. I just said, I cut it out, I laminated it, and I pinned it on my shirt. Okay. I think I remember Like NASCAR. You and, that. And then, yeah. And I went around. I went to the concert at the Mohawk. I went to a, I, I went out that weekend in public with those yeah. on my shirt. And one of those companies owes its $3.6 billion worth of success to a little man named Yeti J. Morgan. There you go. Now yeah. they're on the Austin FC shirt. Actually, I'm the one that gave them that idea. Genius. The day World War II began all the way back in 1905. 
Taking a look at today in history with CJ's half-assed history. Guys, do you know, uh, I, I think I can make a case huh? that we can trace the beginnings of the Pacific War, maybe even the war of WW2 back to 1905. You're saying that World War II started before World War One? Possibly. Whoa. At least. Whoa. 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 I'm listening. Whoa, World War II is a... Prequel? So, 1905, uh, this day in history is when the Japan-Russo War started, when the Japanese, uh, basically in an era where they were trying to rapidly modernize their military, their industry, and everything, had started uh, chipping away at China. You see, China was in a historical low point at the time, and a lot of us, colonial powers, England, France, Russia, Great Britain, Germany, United States, we, we were... Uh, we were all cutting up little pieces of China for ourselves. Okay, for that sweet, sweet heroin and stuff? More mm. than that. Opium, I mean, tea. They had oil, Cannabis. natural gas. Uh, they had a lot of resources. And the Japanese basically did the same. They had taken a large chunk of Manchuria, which provided them with uh, basically a lot of a lot of uh, oil and natural gas and those kind of resources. Yeah, uh, Manchuria is who makes the cup of noodles, right? It's also who makes the president kill people. Oh, was, yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, right, I knew that. And uh, chunks wow. of Korea. Russia, who had a huge interest at the time, said no. And Japan, Japan had uh, done a smart thing. They sent ambassadors and learners to all these other countries. Like uh, up until World War II, really, they were very close with Great Britain because they wanted to model their navy after the greatest naval power in the well, world. And Britain ballers. loves tea, so uh, the Japanese have tea. They so, love tea. Yeah. Uh, they they sent their uh, ambassadors to the United States because they loved industry and te- teas. Tea, different types of tea over over in America. They love that. Oh man, they still they still love them. So I'm I'm tying nineteen oh four to World War Two. So here's the deal. Oh, uh, um, why is that exactly? Uh, Japan had always felt like uh, they were treated kind of crappily by the uh, the great powers, and they wanted to be a great power. Uh, get in line, Japan. Uh, Britain didn't treat anybody nicely. They were not cool. Did not. They were totally not chill. Uh, well, guess what? Did not pass the vibe check. Russia, one of the great powers. Uh, Japan surprise attacked him on the state history. Won Uh-oh. a big battle at Port Arthur and kind of slapped Russia around a lot. Now, the war did drag on. It became a bit of a stalemate. But the Japanese had by far won more territory and had... Uh, beaten Russia's navy twice. Russia had to sail a navy around from the Baltic to, to fight the Japanese. So finally, uh, Great Britain, the United States, a lot of the other powers intervened and basically said, all right, this war's over. Japan, you don't get to keep anything. Wow. wow. And Japan had, you wouldn't believe how many uh, panties they had collected while they were mm. in Russia. They wanted <laughs> to fill their vending machines at the time, yeah. and they got them all taken away. Precisely. Yeah. Kind of, sort and we of. We all know uh, the country with the best panty resources, right? Well, that was... That Russia, China, Japan, <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever, that. man. <laughs> but here's the deal. What this did was this set the stage for Japan slowly realizing that the Western powers were never going to recognize them as also being a power. So they created oh, essentially a power structure within the Pacific. So you're basically saying that at that point, that's when Japan realized that they were uh, like Jermaine or Tito Jackson, and they realized that they would never be Janet or Michael? It, it, sort of. No. Not hmm. maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I 
I don't know. I don't know what he just said. <laughs> I guess there was a, an industrial globe of the time of the early 1900s. There's a lot of racism, and there were a lot of those attitudes reflected with the Japanese. Oh, I'm, I'm glad we got rid of all that. Yeah. But essentially, the end of that war and the way that the uh, other powers treated Japan made it continue to grow in its militarization. It made it to where it was dependent on having Manchuria and having China and led to the position of them building up a net, building up that empire. And eventually the United States, Great Britain, France coming in and embargoing them and saying, hey, you know, you can't you can't do this. You got to get out of China. Uh, the sit and ride. They even went to war with the Chinese later on. And, and same thing kind of happened. The great powers said, you don't get to keep Manchuria. You don't get to keep any of these gains. Damn. And what happened? They realized their only thing to do was to expand and hold a bunch of little islands, then go and attack the United States and hope that the U.S. would become yeah. bogged down before they could be defeated. I'm sorry. I think there probably was a lesson in there. I tuned out after a bit because it seemed mm. like school. I, here's what I need I to know. I tuned out, too, is when explaining still, that because I got cool distracted for, by panties. Is it still cool for me to go to H-E-B and get the, the five ninety nine dollars uh, sushi pack? Is that okay? That is that is allowed. All right. Hey, creepy crawly critters in your hair. It's time for parent pickup. If you're a parent, a kid, or none of the above, you can still learn with Matt Bearden's Parent Pickup. Hey, you know, they used to send you home when you got lice. Some For some reason, people really freak out about lice. Yeah, because it's gross. You don't want it, and it spreads everywhere. Well, that's what we used to think. Uh, the CDC has come out and said, hey, there's no reason to send kids home from school because they have lice. They You're just, believing hmm. that Soros-backed CDC that told you to get the jab? They're saying that head-to-head con- uh, contact, you know, like actually you getting lice from me and my head oh, touching your head. Oh, not docking. No, not docking at all. Don't uh, they said that. There's a very slight chance of it. It's like uh, like 3% of cases come from that. Interesting. Yeah. So the, the lice get in there and they're like, this is our home. I don't feel like leaving, so... Yeah, they're just saying, like, it can spread, but um, head-to-head transmission rate, 3%. So they're saying, look, you can go home at the end of the day. You can be treated. You can return to class after appropriate treatment has begun. Even if nits and lice eggs are still present, uh, we've kind of overreacted all these years over lice. And um, and part of that is because we have a lot of myths about lice. Well, that sure. seems terrible, though, that you're telling a kid, hey... Your only good thing about this is you get to stay home, but now we're sending you to just continually well, be bullied. I, but, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think a lot of it has been sort of cast upon even, like, lower-income children historically. So, you know, you're gross, you're disgusting, you're dirty, you wear a burlap sack to school, you know? Maybe. You got lice. I, I, you know, my wife is somebody who does not like bugs at all. Nothing. She has, she, But she also comes from the... Uh, the great freezing north where they just don't have really <laughs> yeah, insects. Anything. She's, yeah, she's from, from so far north. I, I, I've i gone out there before in the summertime. There's nothing where she comes from. There's just no, there's no mosquitoes. There's no roaches. There's nothing wow. that makes life enjoyable. No wonder they live there still. So I guess that's the big perk. The only you know? reason, yeah. I guess. That is the, really the only and perk. And the cheese. Yeah. But she, um, so she freaks out a whole lot about lice. And uh, one time I think one of our kids, maybe it was both of our kids, I don't know. She lost her mind. Yeah, and then she was like, "Oh my god, what are we going to do?" And then she wanted to like fumigate the whole house. And I was like, "It's just It's not bed bugs. Dude, yeah, no. we, we'd be okay. It's lice. Put some mayonnaise on their head or something. Mm. That'd be fine." Well, it so turns how out, does it spread? How do we get it? 
Well, um, a lot of it has to do more with like, I, I, okay, let's get into this. Yes. I don't know exactly how it sprends. I will say this. Um, All what right, talking, end of segment. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Hang on a second. Good Let me get there. there. <laughs> well, just you're jumping ahead of me a little bit. What I wanted to say is that there are a lot of myths about lice. One of them is that uh, your hair is dirty, and that's how you got lice. Um, here's a weird thing that I did not know until I read this. Lice prefer clean hair. They do not like uh, a lot of the human oils. So you have a greater chance of getting lice if you keep your hair really clean. <laughs> that floored me to find that out. It uh, makes sense, though. It fun. stunned me. It absolutely uh, stunned me. Those, that's why you're not supposed to wash your hair every day is because you have protective uh, goo in your hair. Oh, okay. I don't know if goo is the right term. But <laughs> uh, this I love. Um, are, selfies to, are, are selfies at fault for spreading lice? Uh, a lot of tweens, when they take pictures, they touch their heads together. They hold a camera in front of them. Head-to-head transmission. Um, it is the primary method for spreading lice, but like I said, uh, they debunk this theory, and they're like, hey, look, it could happen. You don't really want to touch your likely. heads together. Three, 3%, you said. Yeah, they're saying, look, if you're not touching heads, you're you're okay. But there is a lot of touching heads and hugging, and uh, I guess these are mixed signals that are coming out of this this study. But um, a couple of the uh, lice people say, hey, look, you don't need to go uh, go crazy. In fact, uh, parents can be a little less embarrassed. It's not an indication. Uh, that your child is gross. In fact, if your kid gets lice, it's kind of an indication that your kid has a lot of friends and is coming into contact with people. Oh, yeah. so it's like a medal of honor in a way. You're like, hey, man, this kid's really clean. This kid has a lot of friends. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> now, the thing is, is that even with everything I'm saying right now, low transmission rates, all that, I did read at the end of the story, like an infestation that spread through three elementary schools. They placed it, they they ran it down to one, but they could not, they just kept reinfecting, reinfecting. They eventually yeah. had to send everybody home for like a week. Stop washing your hairs, kids. Uh, but anyway, they just said, look, this is a common experience. You don't need to freak out about it. There's ways to treat it. You can chill. But the biggest thing is, is that uh, reduce your panic when you find, uh, when you find the, the stuff in your hair. And you know what you can do to completely prevent it? Spencer, show Matt. He's bald. Spencer shaved his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not because of lice. Nah, was, I'm a dirty piece yeah. of crap. What? You look great. Thanks. Two more Austin chefs are about to go down in history. You look fat as I'm getting very concerned with the integrity of our organization here. CJ. You have gained, I mean, 50 pounds of fat. The man is carrying around trash bags filled with Mexican foods. CJ is fat. It's time to chub up your gubs. And get ready to be fat because we've got two more chefs that are about to make reality TV. But I guess the holy grail of cooking reality television, right? Not not quite Gordon Ramsay, but the best of the best. Correct. Uh, top Chef. For some reason, that this is the this is the I don't know food game show, whatever you want to call it, competition reality series that really seems to have uh, taken off and excited people. And uh, two more Austinites have been invited to to join the team. And compete, which is pretty awesome because again we've had a lot. We had our friend Amber who was on the new Gordon Ramsay show last year, and he also has Hell's Kitchen. Um, My favorite is still Iron Chef, especially when they really try to recreate the very like stoic Japanese vibe of the whole thing. The original one from Japan was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. but Top Chef seems to be the one with uh, the best chefs and the most uh, glory. Yeah, now, uh, Kristen Kirsch, uh, Kish, sorry, I don't know why I keep calling her Kirsch. Kristen Kish, who 
owns and operates Arlo Gray, which is downtown in the Line Hotel. She's a former winner. Now, she's not an Austinite per se. Like, she came from California. She opened the restaurant here. She does spend a whole bunch of time here. She's actually going to be the new co-host, uh, Ladma pa- Padma Lachman. She's retiring. I'm butchering names out of my head today. retired. She's retired. She's gone. And so uh, Kristen's going to take over, which I think is is, is pretty cool to have. And you know what I think is interesting about that show, too, is... You would you kind of just have the the mindset that like oh the winner's the one that gets all the fame and glory but if you're top six in those sort of things you do appearances you do yeah. get-togethers you have like your name it's it's an honor to make the show you don't just have to win these reality shows is what I'm learning you just yeah. got to stand out yeah and I think they are cool we all get very uh, excited about that uh, sh- should we get into who the actual Austinites are that are yeah, being asked yeah. to perform I- I'd say perform compete please whatever tell you me call it's it. the the sweet old lady at Amaya's it is, oh, it is enchilada gravy. The, the sweet old lady at Amaya's who makes the delicious enchilada gravy. Unfortunately, it is uh, not. Um, he is a former finalist of Top Chef France. His name is uh, Kevin Diandra, or Dandrea, I believe is how it's pronounced. And he runs an organization here called Foley Pops. If you know about it, it's a bakery here in the city, and they also distribute to other locations. And uh, he's going to be alongside Amanda Turner, who's one of the chefs at Ola May. And uh, Ola ah, good. Ola May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yum, yeah. Yum. Uh, I don't have a lot of money, so I don't, I can't speak personally about either of these chefs and what they create, but I see their names a lot. Which it's means good, they're going to represent us well, but I still want a top chef that's like the Abuelitas <laughs> and the uh, the unsung, like the guy, the pit, the guy that wakes up at five in the morning, you know, to check on the smoke, or the smoker and make sure the brisket's good for the trailer that he has out by Bastrop. Like, that's what we need. We need a top chef that's just these, like, what you would consider amateur, untrained chefs, but they're, you know, they got that grandma skill. Yeah, they got man skill. Generations, essentially, of learning how to cook. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That would make sense if we were truly looking for top chef, but remember, it still is reality TV. And if there's one thing we've learned about reality TV over the years, it's that it's not based in reality. Uh, they're definitely highlighted chefs, and they're chefs with all kinds of awards with and skills accolades. And yeah, actual restaurants. Yeah, I don't want to take away from their doing it all. No, but no. you know, we still got to have good TV. And um, you know, what I mean, I, I, if you had someone who's really tired, yeah, I'm I don't know that it makes for the best television. I was reminded today of a, a great prank I pulled that goes all the way back to my high school years, so a senior year, I do believe. Actually, it wasn't even that great of a prank in execution, but in practice and theory, it was because we we had a, a big rivalry. Did you guys have that with one other school that was like your main rival, or was there any no. big deal, or did you just not care? No, I just think, yeah. See, we, I didn't, don't think I cared, but our football team was always trying to beat Burn It, because they were uh, the bigger school, and God. the better school, less football, so... But we did eventually. Those sons wow. of bees. Congrats. We had, uh, I went to Amarillo, Tascosa, and we had a rival with Amarillo High, who was like the newer, wealthier, usually better at football school, but we had what was called Hell Week, which is a week of pranks and you would go drive around neighborhoods and egg and you had a little you'd have essentially little wars like the thing we used by then was like paintball guns and it, it was it was uh, a, a lot of fun to just have these pseudo little attacks and fun things it wasn't 
really physical violence. It was mainly just egging and paintballing and stuff. But were there uh, any dry ice bombs involved? Probably. Oh, yeah, man. I did. Okay. I love that stuff. Sure. Okay. <laughs> One of my innovations was when someone came up on my vehicle, my truck, uh, and they were gonna like throw eggs or paintballs. Is I had this boat light that you plugged into a cigarette lighter, mm-hmm. and we would open the back window of the truck in the from the double cab and hit them with the boat light, and then just start shooting them with paintballs. And they couldn't see and they couldn't do anything. But I, I wanted to recreate one of the pranks that you heard like guys from the like dads would do from the seventies and stuff, like plant a tree on the field or Oh yeah, yeah, put something like a mascot or something on top of a flagpole yeah, or like something weird like so, that or a statue or yeah, yeah. We decided uh to go and do a prank, and I, I ended up planning it myself and having two buddies that went to a different high school just because I thought it would work better and not get caught. But we were going to chain the doors of Amarillo High shut right before lunch. <laughs> and, you know, this is pre-9-11. Right. So it wasn't, and then, you know, it, it wasn't quite as, I know Columbine had happened, but it wasn't quite in the area of, well, that was of, more of a freak thing so that everyone was, like, concerned at, about. At yeah. that point, kind of, yes. Yeah. So it, it yeah. was definitely a different environment for schools. But we planned it out. I had two buddies, one who had a fast car, um, another one who was just big in case we had to get in a fight. But they went to a different school. I went to uh, Lowe's and used cash to buy chains that I had cut and cheap locks. And I'd planned, like, we'd park in an apartment and walk through. We, we had an alley route to get to the high school uh, had it all planned meticulously, perfectly. Then came the day to execute it, and I think we all kind of got, got scared, scared. <laughs> and ended up only chaining one door shut before, uh, you know, lunch break. So it was kind of more just an inconvenience of whoever was walking <laughs> right. out that hall to go to their lunch. Well, I guess I got to go around. I'm like, damn, when do they lock this? Yeah, and then we, you know, we decided to return to our high school in the buddy's car, like victorious. And then I think we kind of told too many people and. Next week, I got called into the principal's office yeah. for sure, and they're like, "That is a fire hazard." There's a they're lucky. You're lucky we don't have the fire marshal on you. Had it been more than one door, you probably would have gotten kicked out of school. But oh, ended man. up getting kicked out of student council and had to go to ISS for several days. <laughs> but I think it was more disappointing to me that you know only getting one door kept me out of trouble, but the thought that we were going to chain all the doors at this high school shut and to realize we had only gotten one and I guess lied to each other about how many doors we chained mm-hmm. and how much we did because we were scared, which again saved us from getting in trouble, but made the prank completely useless. Right. Especially right. when we bragged about what we had done and it turned out to be nothing. And like then I you think just, after you just one door, that's it. And then I think afterwards it kind of turned into like, yeah, we heard uh Tasco they tried to prank us and only chain one door. So it just made everything look like, worse. I guess Amarillo can't afford chains. Ugh. Yeah, but don't worry. I, I made sure to lie about that legend uh, in later years. So it, it actually made it bigger or whatever. Made it bigger than what it was. But Wait, I thought, did y'all even chain a door? We chained a door, a door. Okay. But I, yeah. I'm here to admit on air that it was not quite the prank it, it was meant to be. And I will say it's a, it's beneficial that you had a school that you could go after. Our school, for some reason, we pranked ourselves. Like my friends got kicked out of school because they put a bomb. In our school, that's not a good thing. I had some friends who got kicked out of school because little tic tac bomb. The things or? that we stole. Yeah, it was. It's 
Still bombed. It was not good. <laughs> no, it was a it was a bomb bomb. <laughs> Damn. Damn, dude. Like, oh, okay. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, we don't want to talk a, about how it was built. Yeah, but. it was a chem. I don't want to get. Yeah, I, it, was, I, it was a long time ago. It, it was a very different time. I mean, I, I got to say, even in my high school years, it was still not abnormal to have some redneck that had a shotgun in the in his truck right and you know up in the window or glass or anything and this was in the you know late 90 2000s yeah but it's changed a bit maybe yeah, not we, a good idea to do pranks yeah we had a buddy that brought us his gun to, to school one day it was after he had murdered both of his parents look my school that's had some issues my school had some issues i don't want to yeah one mom is taking on the lake travis school district in a case of bullying gone too far and I hate to tell this uh, mother and even the KXAN investigative team, but as long as uh, as long as that football team's winning, as long as the Cavaliers keep going far in the state playoffs, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, is this the attempted murder? So that's uh, so, is that what you're talking about? Is this the attempted yeah. murder bullying? That is uh, what the case might look like. It was uh, a bunch of football players put peanuts. Into the locker of a, a younger, I guess, freshman, sophomore player that had a peanut allergy. And they'd asked him before, but will it kill you? And he's like, yeah, I will die. I have to have an EpiPen with me. Put it in his locker. He put his jersey on. I guess on the way to a game, he started getting hives coming up his arm. And yeah. so he had to wash and wash. And it went through, you know, all the way up to the top of the school district. And they, they said basically that this wasn't a case of uh, bullying. Bullying. They said, hey, it's just, you know, good old boys being good old. Hey, hey, they're on the football team and we're... We're doing good right we're, now. We're, we, we compete for a state championship. Hush. Don't do this. But yeah, that's... It, it, uh, I didn't realize it was called attempted murder, but it, well, it is I a pretty serious thing. Well, when you think about it, I, I called it attempted murder. I don't know that it's actually been classified as that, but when... I think that a lot of us, if you're not experienced with it, you you it's easy to roll your eyes and go, "Ugh, peanut right. allergy." Are if you, you kidding me? If you haven't experienced something yourself, it's easy to dismiss it. You don't until you even realize believe it's real. Sometimes well, people can absolutely go to, into anaphylaxis and they yeah. they die. They, they choke die. to death on their they throat. Die. It's horrific. I mean, there's and, literally a reason why high schools now. You know, we were talking about my old glory days of high school. A little different now. They have defibrillators. They have EpiPens. They have this sort of stuff as a backup because it'll kill people. Yeah. They can die from exposure to... Right. Tr- I don't know how it all works. Like I said, I don't have anybody in my family who's Same. ever had this. And I, I'm I'm of the ilk that I used to kind of roll my eyes at it because I was like, this is so annoying, especially when I first had kids because I was like, really? We can't make peanut butter sandwiches to send eat, our kids? So I can't eat a Reese's cup? Um. We can't go to a Thai food restaurant. But right. I read stories later about horrible things that's happened to young kids. And then, I don't know, the the pain that these parents go through trying to keep their kids safe. And alive. I, I, I mean, I'm torn because part of me feels like high school, uh, that school is where you learn, to, you learn from your mistakes. That should yeah. be the place where it's okay to make mistakes. This is kind of cruel. I guess they said they did bench the players for a while. Okay, that's it. Um, that, 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 that it wasn't. Well, they must have not happened. been good players. <laughs> well, I don't know. Was it a starting well, no, defensive they, they lineman? Ruled, they they investigated and they're like, nah, it wasn't attempted. It wasn't anything like that. The school looked into it. It's nothing. So I know they still potentially have a civil or criminal case. Well, that because that's what the mother's looking at since right the now. Thought it might I think be the mom's issue. saying, hey, this is Take a lot serious, a lot more serious than you took it. I, yeah. I don't know if they put fake peanuts in there, like the foam peanut, you know. 
what I mean? Like if a prank, like oh, making fun of him. I guess that's still bullying, huh? That, but yeah. it's, it's not it's a murder. murder. Yeah. It's that's not a, the murder. Yeah, that's a prank that doesn't have. It's not the manslaughter. Or yeah, whatever, dangerous you know, consequences. And and I joked at the first, but I do wonder if this does seem like a case of. Uh, oh, well, you know, they're one of the rich kids' schools with a good football team, so are they really going to go hard after this? No. <laughs> well, I mean, in my high school, if you played football, I don't think you could get in trouble. No. I mean, I remember... Even if big, it's, you sucked. I remember like big fights, school. big fights where people got hurt, and the coach would say, well, we'll take care of it. We'll discipline them. And those kids would sit out a game, or they were... They was, They'd have we to were, run. We were told that they ran more, but... There wasn't. I mean, you you were kind of protected at my school. A little bit, yeah. Team, yeah. Uh, depending on how good you were and your team was. But I was not on the football team, and I was not good. No, uh, at sports, so <laughs> I definitely got in trouble when I screwed up. <laughs> seems <laughs> seems like you'd be more scared of your coach in some occasions, but Sir. yeah, there 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 was a lot of this. And I in Varsity Blues, right? That movie, uh, all of MTV it's true. Film. Yeah, John Voight, excellent actor. Turns oh, out very scary. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully. There's been some lessons learned here. I think uh, if, if you're a high schooler looking to prank someone, if they say they're allergic to peanuts, do what Spencer said and use uh, fake peanuts. Uh, nothing or, with peanut butter in it. Or you could just maybe not be a jerk. You know what I mean? Mm. Or, don't, or don't get caught. All we're, right, We're on a show where we make people do flop a hot dog and snort a light of ketamine. Which, by the way, and, and I'm, I'm, a, a, I'm allergic to hot dogs. I'm allergic. I want to applaud us for not doing any sort of nuts joke. Hey, good job, team. Good job. We, we've matured. Did you know? Who's ready to learn? Raise your hand. Uh, All right, I see. Oh, a couple, couple hands up. Yeah, it's a heavy Arthritis. Hmm. Uh, did you know? Boba Fett, the actor that played the classic bounty hunter in the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Uh, the actor's name? Boba uh, Fett. Jeremy Bullock. Oh, sorry. Did not. He didn't read lines. He didn't screen test. He didn't do anything. When he auditioned... Uh, he just happened to be one of the people auditioning that fit best inside the already pre-made costume. <laughs> so that that huh. happened to be the needs. Did the, you know Sandra Bullock's father? Uh, I don't know her. No, it's what, not spelled yeah. the same, so you can't say did you know before that. I tried. I tried. I thought I could make it maybe happen. Hey, that's not. We need to insert that the people know we're being honest when we say did you yeah, know. Okay? Matt, don't okay. ruin it. Like, now, try again, but make it real. Okay. Did you know? In 1938, China's nationalist government ordered the opening of dikes along the Yellow River. Nice. Uh, the advancing Japanese army was about to get close to Wuhan. You might remember Wuhan from, you know... COVID, and uh, they wanted to slow their advance, so they opened up these dikes, flooded the valley, and they did slow the Japanese army's advance. Uh, unfortunately, they caused the death of 900,000 of their own civilians. Oh, that's horrible. 900,000 of their own civilians. Uh, Damn. Thanks. Wow. Early, did you know? That's uh, rough, dude. Er- Man, I, I guess they got so many... Civilians already? You I, know, a billion? Well, just like, I mean, eh. I don't think a nationalist government is ever saying, you know what I mean, hey, what can we do to help the people all sure. that much? Yeah. And so I guess they were just looked at as being expendable because they were in that valley. Uh, it's really horrible when you think about Did it. Did you Girl. know early in the uh, Mongol conquests, they were they they hadn't quite learned or uh, conquered enough Chinese cities to have the great siege engineers of later woods. So they weren't great at sieges. But they, there was a city, and they were essentially doing that. They were breaking all the dams to flood the city, and it was slowly working. But they kind of they screwed up, and they ended up flooding their own camp and killing their own people. And so 
they were thinking of something else to do besides breaking all these dams. And right. the, uh, the leader of that city was like, oh, man, these guys are determined and ended up surrendering, even though the Mongols had kind of screwed that up, but realized that they were so determined if they were going to go miles upriver and break dams that they were doomed. And so he, he ended up surrendering to them. Did you know? Man, it psyched him out. That's the the original the OG psych out. It's awesome. Don't Did break dams. You know. We talked about peanuts a little bit earlier. It was kind of a sad story, but did you know the peanut butter tree is a tropical tree that smells like peanut butter oh, and produces fruit great. that tastes like it as well? I wonder if that's what they use in Reese's cups. Because it's clearly not peanut butter or peanuts <laughs> in I don't know. some way. Importing a tropical tree's fruit doesn't sound like the most cost-worthy, you know, effective thing. But Yeah, I think they stop you at customs from doing that. But I do, I do want to try that tree. Anyway, I want to buy one or get one. Uh, did you know? Ah. The 27th Amendment to the Constitution restricts the ability of Congress to raise its own pay. It was ratified in 1992. 200 years after the uh, first uh, state approved it in 1789, so it took a little mm. while. But uh, fortunately for Congress people and senators, you can you can you you have laws that protect you to know certain things about business and companies and insider trading. So don't worry if you ever want to get rich, just invest in what Nancy Pelosi does before I- Nvidia. Go go buy that stock. White pantsuits. That too. Yeah, very much. <laughs> Hey, it's Did You Know, and you hopefully learned something today. If you didn't, it's your fault, man. But did he ever get a meet Taylor Swift? The internet has never been so easy. The internet. It was 10 years ago when one of the greatest moments of the internet also happened to involve a radio station. Uh, up in Boston, there was the chance to meet Taylor Swift. How big of a Taylor Swift fan are you? Here's what you got to do. Just upload your photo, write a bio, and have your friends vote, and you'll get a go and meet Taylor and go to her concert. So this has already happened. This isn't news for our yeah. current listeners to go out and have fun this, with. This was a big contest okay, 10 cool. years ago. Just shows the staying power of Taylor Swift, who's going to be in the Super Bowl this Dude, weekend. 10 years ago? Damn. 10 yeah. years ago. Taylor um, Swift is actually starting. Unfortunately for the radio station and for all the uh, Swifties, the leader for a very long time wasn't a Taylor Swift fan, per se. It was a 39-year-old dude, and it ended up tanking the contest and changing the internet and these sort of things forever. Let's uh, let's go to this random YouTuber for the story. July 5th of 2013, when a Boston radio station known as KISS 108 announces they would be hosting a contest called Are You Taylor Swift's Biggest Fan? The prize was you'd get concert tickets and a chance to meet Taylor herself. To enter the contest, all applicants had to do was submit a profile image and write a short little spiel about why they're Taylor's biggest fan. And then the internet would vote on the entrance and deem who they thought was worthy of the title of Taylor Swift's biggest fan. And yes, there were plenty of tweeners who did enter this contest, but in the minority of entrants was a 39-year-old bearded gentleman known as Charles Z. Charles considered himself a casual Taylor Swift fan and thought it would be
be funny to enter this contest. His entry statement read, I'm a 39 year old man and I love Taylor Swift so much and don't care that both adults and children mock me for it. Thanks to support from his IRL friends, within a few days, Charles had managed to rank 24 in the contest with close to 3,000 entrants, an impressive feat by itself. But in the coming week, this thus far innocuous gag would turn to something far more disruptive and chaotic when the rambunctious members of 4chan's B-board entered the fray. <laughs> and that's what happened. So essentially, this became... A Bodie McBoatface. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, it uh, became... Pitbull performs at the Walmart in uh, Anchorage, Alaska or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> where Justin Bieber was... Yeah. Uh, where should he perform in yeah. North Korea 1? Yeah. Uh, but this is one of my favorite ones, again, because it involves a radio station contest. They ended up canceling it and they, they, they you know, a lot of news outlets said it was being sabotaged and this, this, and that. It wasn't. Oh. It was just a prank and that's what happened when you vote. Yeah. So this was big enough to where, uh, you know, later that year and in 2014, like Vanity Fair and Esquire interviewed Charles Z. And he said, I really just thought it was funny. I like Taylor Swift. I've never been to a show. I'm a fan. Right. I like her. So I entered it. It's me hungover in my bathroom. I got all my friends to vote, and I ended up around like 50, and we just thought it was funny. Right. And then, yeah, a bunch of people on 4chan saw it and decided to <laughs> catapult him to first where he stayed he would not go away from first yeah. place and, and it created and here's all where, sorts of issues here's where lawyers and the goofballs in the radio industry don't understand good fun pr good fun pr and you know what happened there was somebody in that office who was 50 years old and mad yeah. about it and was like we can't have this this is supposed to be for uh, teenagers and this is going to ruin our station <laughs> it would have been hilarious and fun had they sent uh an old to the concert yeah and it was stupid and i get very frustrated uh you hear about these stories all the time in radio where frankly i shouldn't run my mouth on this but what sometimes you know the suits get yeah, in the some way crusties. of the oh, yeah. do that. And, you know, the, the competition didn't even guarantee you were going to get to meet Taylor Swift. <laughs> the main thing was just you would get tickets to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would, yeah, if you would have had someone, you know, like us, lower in the ranks, creative, that would be like, actually, let's let the dude win. You know, we can probably get extra tickets for a couple of other people on here. And so it's not just this, but let's let him win and let's make it a full promotion. Send a camera crew with them. Like, do you could have made it into even a bigger sure. thing where instead they ended up looking like the bad guys and kind of like idiots and they looked kind of old because they didn't play along with it. Right. I mean, you do that. You take them out. You can even get uh, feedback from, you know, a lot of the, the, the young women who were probably trying sure. to play to get in there, turn it into some sort of a cycle and something to click on. It's content now. And what happens whenever, you know, you're that radio station and you start fighting against the Internet it then fuels them <laughs> yeah. to want to do this more. It organizes their uh, their base. If yeah. Not base, but because then know. they feel like they're fighting against the man. Right. Uh, as far as I know, he never got to meet Taylor Swift. Um, I didn't. I couldn't find any articles or anything about like what Taylor Swift's people thought about it. Essentially, I think it was probably they just had like a meet and greet pass that was. Uh, yeah, but it potential. definitely was a different time when. Radio stations were just given tickets to hand out to a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly not now. But hey, don't worry, we've got them uh, Creed Three Doors Down tickets, right? Nope. No oh, man, not even that. Sorry. <laughs> it takes a lot of guts to run your own show, and he's got plenty of stomach to spare. The CJ Morgan Show on 101X.